First Sip Brewbox is a one-of-a-kind subscription service for craft beer lovers based right here in Pittsburgh. Every month, First Sip will send you a box full of craft beer enthusiast essentials including t-shirts, glassware, and even food. Right now, our friends at First Sip Brewbox have an offer for you. Just sign up for a three-month subscription and get your fourth month free. Just enter the code HOPNATIONUSA when you sign up at FirstSipBrewBox.com. That's H-O-P-U-S-A at checkout to get your fourth month free at FirstSipBrewBox.com. Woe to you, O Earth and Sea. It's the Hop Nation. USA Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and children over the age of 21, welcome to the Hop Nation USA podcast. I am Sam, I am back on the podcast, and I'm ready to do some podcasting with my one best friend, Adam. Adam's here with me tonight. I am. I am. I'm always here. I know. And as a matter of fact, I get a very special job tonight uh, because I get to run the board tonight. You're running the board. I get to be on the noms. I get to play with all the buttons. Steve is not with us. No, no. Right before the show, I made perfectly sure to just run my hand across the board and put all the knobs in a different position, just in case, just to see what happens. So basically, if this show sounds like shit tonight, we only have Steve to blame. Well, that's true. Or if it sounds amazing... We also have Steve to play. That is that is also true. <laughs> for screwing us over for I don't know sixty so some long. episodes yeah. at this point, hamstringing us. <laughs> well, you know this is interesting because normally it's the three of us on the podcast. Uh-huh. Adam, I think you've missed one episode. One. Oh yes. To date, I've missed two episodes to date. And Steve has not missed any episodes This is the first one. This is a watershed moment for the show where we are Steve-free. We do have a fill-in tonight. Yes. I was going to say it's a bad thing because it's just the two of us and then you and I can spitball and I don't know how interesting that would be. But we do have a fill-in to to help us out on the show today. I feel it would still be a good show with just the two of us. Yeah, it probably would I think it would be good. It might end up in fisticuffs in the end between, you know, wheat beers and IPA. (laughs) That's true. But it would make for interesting... Uh, podcasting, entertainment, whatnots. That is very true. So maybe that would be good. But the way to make it better is a special guest on the show tonight. Yes. Yes, it is. So our special guest tonight is actually, interestingly enough, a special guest that has never been on this show before. I don't really know much about this guy, actually. I don't I don't even know where he came from, except I, he came from the north somewhere. I thought you brought him. I didn't bring him. Did you bring him? No. Oh, shit. Who brought him? Uh, well, this is going to get interesting real quick. But he's here. Yes. He is here. Yes. In okay. studio tonight. Let's be positive for this about podcast. this. But I guess that I'll go ahead and introduce our special guest for this evening, Mr. Doug Lewis from Winnipeg. Hey, Doug. Fellas, how's it going? We're doing well. Yeah. Hey, where did you come from? Yeah. So uh, you were talking about the Steve character, right? And uh, he actually emailed me. I'm a host of a podcast up there in uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba. Oh, what's the what's the name of it? Uh, Her Royal Highness's Hop Review Board. Oh, okay. Oh. Of Canada. Oh, okay. So yeah. So uh, what do you talk about? 
Uh, you know, we just kind of review craft beers of, uh, you know, the area. Oh, okay. Up there in Manitoba. Yeah, in Manitoba, Canada. Okay. Well, if you're reviewing craft beers, you probably have, what, about five or six episodes of your podcast? Yeah, we're up to about 12 now. Oh, 12! Nice! Yeah. A wow. dozen. The wow. dirty dozen. Okay, right on. Y you know, uh... <laughs> So apparently, yeah, your your friend, your uh, uh, co-host who's not here tonight. Yeah, let's Steve. not say friend. Let's not go that far. Yeah, I don't I don't know his relation to you guys, but uh, apparently he's been uh, listening to our show and he just wanted to take a night off and he invited me down. And I decided to bring some Canada uh, and beers with me. Oh, all right, oh, good. Really? All yeah. right, and uh, I just did that in celebration of Canada Day. It's coming up in uh, July first there. Oh, all right. Well, fantastic. Well, it's getting towards the end of June here in America, so we're going to be hitting July 1st pretty soon. Yeah, you told me your shows come out on Friday, and uh, Canada Day is on July 1st, so yeah, I think that works out pretty well. That's on a Sunday. It is. It is. So you can get prepped for the weekend Yeah. by listening to this. I, I guess you, we would have to consider this a special edition. I guess so. He told me this is also episode 66 of the podcast. And, well, I mean, everybody knows who 66 is. Right, and that's why... Well, not everybody. <laughs> well, I think everybody in Canada knows who 66 is. Oh, that, yeah, and don't worry. Since we are a Pittsburgh-based podcast, everybody here knows, too. All right, then. That works out pretty well, don't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, this is great. This is our first foreign guest ever on the podcast. I'm really glad that I could actually be here for the episode, and it wasn't on one of the two episodes that I've missed. Funny how that works out, huh? <laughs> yeah. The math checks, so maybe uh, maybe let's just get on with the show. We'll have you here with us all show, and you know the nice thing is, like you said, you brought some beers down from the north, and we're going to be drinking them today. So you know we can we can talk Canada and the United States and all kinds of other countries later in the show. But why don't we do that with a little bit of beer? Right. So so what did you bring, Mr. Lewis? What did you bring for us to try first on this show? Oh sure. So the first beer I have for us tonight is uh, it's coming from the Flying Monkeys. It's a craft brewery up there in Barrie, Canada. Barrie? Yeah, Barrie. Barrie, Ontario. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, the, the beer I brought with, uh, brought with me tonight is called the Smash Bomb Atomic IPA. Hmm. And it's a, a brewed with citra hops. Okay. And it comes in at a 72 IBUs, and it's going to be about 6% alcohol by volume. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I must ask, are the IBUs in Canada... The same as the IBUs here in America, because if so, it doesn't look like Adam's going to be too fond of this beer. Yeah, no, it's going to be about the same. This isn't, uh, <laughs> it's not how we change, you know, how we uh, gauge our temperature in centigrade. And for some reason, you guys down here do it in Fahrenheit. I we don't, do. We don't do. quite understand. And Sam, quite Sam, we must be, we must, you know, make our guests feel welcome. Well, I, I apologize, Adam. We are, As a guest of this show, that's right. We I, are, I probably made an appropriate comment. The, the so Americans, if you don't want to try this, you don't have to. The Americans and the Canadians are equal when it comes to their IBUs. <laughs> Well, but you know, I have to ask, you know, as, as someone who has only spent one year of their life in Canada, I, 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 don't, I don't know everything about the culture. I only know a little bit. That's fair. And Toronto's fair. pretty much America anyhow, so. Oof. <laughs> Oof. No, I'm not going to disagree with that. I mean, <laughs> Toronto, they're pretty close to the border there, and they're not, I, you know. There's a lot of influence. Yeah, there's a lot of influence coming from, across the border. From Buffalo. Yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not terribly great. And the only thing they have there is their poutine and their very sad architecture. Yeah, but poutine is awesome. Yeah, poutine's great, but it's done better in other parts of the country. Well, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just the only way Montreal. they Montreal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Montreal. They do it quite, quite better there. Yeah. I'm just saying Toronto, the only way they're holding on to their Canadian uh, roots is through their sad architecture and their poutine. Well, we don't that's, want them. That's fair. So <laughs> <laughs> what don't, All right. why don't we get back to this beer? Yes. We do want the Smash Bomb Atomic from Flying Monkey. Uh, it's got a nice color to it. Uh, I, w- I would give it a, uh, a nice gold, maybe a dark gold color to it. Yeah, I'd go a little darker than a gold there. How far would you go? <laughs> I would say, you know, it's probably... Copper-toed. <laughs> yeah, this is, about, this is a copper tone there, bud. Right, you, think it's a, you think it's a full copper? Yeah, this is about a full copper. Okay, all right, fair enough. I, I am willing to, to listen to my guest. Yeah, this is darker than an orange. Yeah, I guess you're right. That's we fair. don't get too many of those up there. That's fair. So what about on the nose? What do you guys think on the nose? On the nose, I get a bit of a malt. I do, yeah. too. Yeah. With a 72 IBU, I have to say, I'm not getting as many hops as I was anticipating off this nose. I get a little bit of hop, but this is a lot more of a malt. It smells almost like a lager. It does. It does. So I, I don't think there's much more left to do with this. Yeah, let's just dive right in. Okay. Huh. Yeah, this is interesting. So, so as we all know, huge fan of the East Coast style, especially New England style IPAs. Big fan of the West Coast style IPAs. Now these North Coast IPAs from Winnipeg or Barrie or Toronto or wherever the hell this is from. I think this this provides a much different taste than what I would generally expect to get from an IPA. It it's it's maltier. It's it's not as hoppy. Seventy two IBUs. I would expect expect to taste some grass or some pine coney hoppy flavor in there, but it's not it's not there. I'm getting very little of that. So what I'm getting is it it starts out very malty. It's got that nice malty kick to it at the first, and then it immediately swaps over to the the hoppy side of things, and the hop sticks around a lot more than I was expecting, especially with the first portion being very malty. And I find that very interesting how there seems to be an abrupt change from malty to hoppy. Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. Now, what I'm most curious about with that assessment is, do we know, Mr. Doug, what hops are used in this beer? You said citra, but that that can't be it. It doesn't have the color. It doesn't have the aftertaste of purely a citra hopped beer. There has to be something else. No, I and mean, you're from Canada. You have to know. Yeah, that's, uh, hey, I'm telling you, that's exactly what it was used with. It's mostly citra hop, and then it's brewed with a strong crystal malt. Is That's the that's what's coming in, is all the malt that you get there. Huh. It's got a lot of crystal malt in it. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah, that's what. That's why it's got that dark color to it. That's why he's finding that maltiness on the nose and bit of the switchover. So, Doug, what were your thoughts on the beer? I mean, I kind of agree with what Adam was saying, although I don't think the uh, switchover was as harsh for me. I find it just kind of meld between the two. Hmm. I, I, I like this beer, though. Oh, no, not so shabby? Yeah, no, that's not too bad. Oh, right on. So, what do you say we uh, sip on this a little bit longer? Yeah, I'd definitely take this out on the lake by the hole. <laughs> do a little ice fishing with it. Yeah, that's how it goes. Uh, I do uh, believe it is time to go with a little bit of news and notes. I believe it's time we uh, we go around the table. Uh, Doug, I know you've, you've heard this podcast once or twice before. Yeah, no, uh, your friend Steve, he prepped me a good bit, so I think I, I came prepared with a couple of uh, Canadian news and notes. Awesome. All right. Okay. So uh, I am going to start off uh, back here in, in the U.S. of A. Okay. Um, we're going to talk a little bit of Dogfish Head. Sam, I know you were a fan of them. Ah, frequent them from time to time. From time to time. Frequent them, I mean the mix and match cooler at 
in my local supermarket. Mm-hmm. And uh, Doug, I'm not sure if they go up your way or not. Uh, no, we try not to import too much of your trash. <laughs> trash. <laughs> oh, Doug, Doug, Doug. Oof. You might not make it through uh, this entire segment with, uh, you know, the negativity that you just spewed upon this podcast. Mm-hmm. Come you on, didn't bring man. us any Sleeman's asshole. I know. <laughs> I understand. I'm sorry. I, I, I understand that I am a guest in the country. I shouldn't have, uh, you know, come out like that. Yeah, that's, that's so one. far as an IPA guy, you brought us one of the worst IPAs I've ever had in my life. So keep it up, buddy. We'll see it. We'll see. We'll see how much pro- promo you get on this uh, this episode. I feel that I am no longer in danger of just Sam and I getting into a wheat versus IPA fight. I think there's just going to be an actual fight between Doug and Sam here. Ah, uh, you know, I'll pull I'll pull the straps down on him. No, there you go. <laughs> I appreciate that. I haven't seen a good Donnybrook in a while, so. Back to the good USSA. That's one too many S's. I know that. Dogfish head. So uh, this summer, as part of their summer mix series, their box, a normal cardboard box, is actually able to be converted into a cooler. So you can take the 12-pack, rip off the top, dump ice into it, turn it into a cooler. The cardboard has been coated and is a thicker style cardboard, so it'll hold water and ice for up to six hours. First question. Go ahead. Do those 12 packs cost more than your typical dogfish head 12 pack? So a 12 pack of that costs about 16, $17. Oh, that's not bad. That's so fine. That's fine. It, it's a little more expensive than your classic 12 pack. Uh, but but for not dog your classic fish 12 fish of dog pack. Of <laughs> dog pack head. <laughs> dog pack head. Your classic pack of dogfish head. Correct. Correct. It doesn't cost much more. Uh, it might be 50 cents more or something like that. But it's, it, who cares? Oh, I love it. So, I think that's a fantastic idea. It is. Now, it what is. beers can you get in this cooler pack? Uh, that's great. I believe it is the there is the 60-minute IPA, the Sequench Ale, and at least one other one that I can't remember off the top of my head. Maybe the romantic chemistry or the dragons and no, yums? no. I want to say it was the Lupa Luau. Ooh, I seem to. Well, remember they did that start one. just canning that, so I yeah. think they're trying to integrate that one a little bit more into their year-round right. series, which I'm not. Uh, I'm not opposed to because that beer is phenomenal. Phenomenal coconut IPA. I mean, that's could not be more up my alley. Mm. <laughs> So that's cool. I, I find it very interesting. And what's very nice about that is if you're going out on a boat, going out on the beach or something like that, and you forget your cooler, it, you don't have to go and buy one of those cheap $3.99 styrofoam coolers that you're going to use once and then throw away anyways. Mm-hmm. It reduces a lot of waste. It reduces, you know, just just effort. Just throw some ice in the box. It'll be fine. And it is still recyclable. I know there are other types of cardboard boxes that are water resistant that are not recyclable, but this one is recyclable. It's able to reduce its impact even more. You got you got to think from a business standpoint. I mean, number one, that's genius because you see that on the shelf and you're going out and you're you know headed to a tailgate or something. Saves you money on the cooler. All you got to do is is buy some ice. And most beer distributors or you know grocery stores sell the ice. Mm-hmm. But from a competitive advantage standpoint. You know, how many other breweries can say that? Right. Hey, we can save you money on the cooler. Just buy our box, dump ice in here, and bring dogfish head to your your tailgate. It's a really, really smart idea. Just, Mm -hmm. But it goes to show, like, how competitive the market is right now. Even for, you know, household name brand like dogfish head, they're still looking for ways to innovate and capture more of the market share. And And I think that that is one of the pieces of the market that is going to get bigger and bigger in the craft beer industry is the cans in 12, 15, 18 packs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen it rise more and more, 
But I think that is a market, especially uh, you look at the Founders Solid Gold, where that was the first 24-pack of a craft brewery uh, in cans. And so I think that market is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So this is one way for Dogfish Head to stand out just a little bit. I agree. I mean, can, canning canning is the next big, big thing. I mean, it started with the local craft breweries, canning and bombers. Mm-hmm. And now you see a lot of more national breweries, uh, you know, canning in, in 12-ouncers. Right. And it's great. I, I love the cans, so I'm a big fan of this. We've, we've said it on here multiple times, about, uh, especially you and I, Sam, about our, our love for the can versus the bottle, simply from an environmental standpoint. Now, you know who is canning, and, and Doug would know a thing or two about this. I was actually at a concert here in Pittsburgh a couple of weeks ago, and at the concert, they were selling 24-ounce Molson XXX cans, and I actually had a couple. Right on. Oh, yeah? You, well, you ever have a Molson XXX, Doug? So, I've cracked into the 204 before. I know how that goes. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So, Doug, I will give you the honor for round number two. Uh, you said you were prepared. Uh, and so we can't uh, we can't let let you out of this. No, I've definitely come prepared. What uh, what kind of what kind of news and notes you got? So a bit of uh, news up from the north is uh, we're we might be changing our beer laws around a bit. How so? Uh, I know for you guys down here, when the federal government starts uh, sticking their nose in, uh, it's not usually a good thing. It, uh, <laughs> it happens more often than we care to admit. Yep. Uh, but uh, up north, uh, sometimes things are okay when the government gets involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, Especially the U.S. government. Right. <laughs> right. For us, though, we, we're going to be changing uh, what actually constitutes beer. Okay. And uh, what I mean by that is uh, we're just going to be expanding our definition. How so? So right now we have kind of strict definitions of what it constitutes beer. Mm-hmm. And uh, the government is going to look to expand upon that uh, as far as like ingredients and spices and herbs that can be included in recipes okay so say we can uh, include more different fruits really there were restrictions on a type of fruits you can use and kind of different additions i i mean it wasn't restricted it was just like you couldn't call it beer would you have to call it like a malt beverage or something like that? Yeah, it, yeah. But uh, <laughs> or wine. People were already kind of breaking the law and calling it beer anyway. So uh, right, it's yeah. just one of those. The law is catching up to the craft. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. That's how it's going now. So uh, yeah, the law is going to just catch up to the craft, and it's going to uh, no longer uh, require people to name styles of beers. So like they're no go- they're no longer have to call it a lager or a stout. It, they can just call it beer. Yeah, they can just call it beer. I mean, if they want to call it a stout, that's just for marketing purposes. Okay. But not actual, you know, definition within the law. Ah, okay. Yeah. That's actually kind of nice. Right. Because then, especially a lot of times with a lager or with styles are being muddled together, you never really know what the beer is. Exactly. With the way things are going now, I'll think, you know, styles are kind of out the window. <laughs> right, exactly. And uh, craft beer is kind of booming in Canada as well as it is down here. So we have this opportunity to just kind of change things around. And uh, so things aren't going to be based on styles. And uh, also, it doesn't necessarily have to smell like beer anymore. It can smell like fruits and things like that. It's going to be more based on the amount of sugar inside of the beer. Mm-hmm. No longer would we be able to pass off things like I, I saw something down here called Steel Reserve. Yes, yes. Uh, actually, uh, Steve uh, is a big fan of that. Okay. Uh, That's pretty much all he drinks. Well, those look like uh, great big sugar bombs, and they look terrible. <laughs> uh, they are not great. Uh, but I feel like that's something that, you know, under the old law, you know, somebody would try to pass off his beer, but that, you know, would be no longer under the new laws. 
Uh, also part of the new laws is uh, there's going to be a lot of strict regulation and uh, labeling. Okay. So you have to label all of the ingredients. All of them? Yeah. Interesting. So is it like a nutrition label or is it something where you can just kind of you just kind of blast them out there? Well, it's it's going to be some similar to a nutrition label. It's supposed to help our citizens who have things like celiac disease, any kind of uh, you know other intolerances or uh, allergies. Mm-hmm. So it's supposed to, you know it's it's a good thing. It's a good food label. Okay. So yeah. All right, I can dig on that. But yeah, it's just supposed to help craft brewers be a little more innovative and you know accepting of new and different. Uh, you know, additives and okay. uh, any kind of ingredients you want to try to throw in. But, you know, that's how it's going to change for beer. It's nice that the government is actually trying to kind of keep up with things. Yeah, they're trying to keep up rather than regulate and shut things down. Right. Well, that's good. It's good to know, you know, what you're drinking when you're drinking a beer. <laughs> what <laughs> what the brewer actually used. <laughs> yeah, I the, think so. In the, you know, creation process. So I actually like that law. I mean, I wish we... You know, maybe someday we'll adopt that as well here uh, in the great old U.S. of A. Sam, did you uh, have any news and notes uh, to be brought before the board? So I do. Okay. I do, I do, I do. And this is uh, this is just something to throw out there for everybody that, that cares, which is probably not many people, but... All it takes is one, Sam. There is... All it takes is one. A new number one brewery on Sam's best brewery in the country list well that list will be one of people who care right exactly and that would Nobody be sam really exactly well sam cares what is it sam but it's there's a new brewery that just took the top spot okay as of uh last week when i was in good old boston so been seeing a lot of stuff on social media a lot of beers people were drinking raving about this place i finally got to go and that is trillium brewery in boston massachusetts oh right on and so Trillium is a very, very, very IPA-heavy brewery Aha, that okay. focuses on New England-style IPAs as well as uh, pale ales. But, you know, they're very aggressively citra-hopped. They're very hazy. They're very dank. They're very juicy. They're very amazing. And it's like when I went up there, Trillium was brewing all the beers just for me. And uh, they were quite amazing. The The standout was actually one called uh, Cutting Tiles. It was a all citra hopped double IPA that was just out of this world. And if anybody's in Boston and wants to try it, you can. So are they, I didn't uh, bring any for the show, so I, I, I could only talk about it. But uh, this, this brewery is amazing. And I will say, um, just for those that might be in the Boston area or traveling to the Boston area at some point, you got to check out Trillium. They just built a brand new beer garden in a park in downtown Boston. And it is absolutely off the hook. It's a pop-up a pop-up brewery as they're calling it and i think it's only there for the summer and essentially trillium built this giant wooden bar in a park and threw about 15 taps on it and they're serving all of their beer on draft to patrons in the park it's packed it's incredible it's well worth the trip uh it's really cool experience so uh, we have a saying up in Canada. It's called uh, "You're squawking to the flock." <laughs> I'm pretty sure if you're telling uh, anybody in Boston, you know, to go to this uh, Trillium place, uh, I'm pretty sure they've already been there. <laughs> That's probably true. So what you maybe want to be aiming for is anybody who's traveling from here to there. <laughs> well, I said that anybody who's traveling to yeah. Boston as well. Uh, I would I would hope anybody who actually 
gives a damn to listen to a craft beer podcast is um, in the know enough to know that if they live in Boston, they should have visited Trillium at this point. But I guess I just, ever since I left Boston, I really have not stopped thinking about this beer and this brewery. It makes Dancing Gnome look like Penn Brewery, and that's not a knock on Dancing Gnome or Penn Brewery. I'm just saying that's how good Trillium beer is. It's It takes Dancing Gnome here in Pittsburgh to a whole nother level with the flavors and the hops and just I don't know it's it's out of this world so just out of curiosity I've ever had. how how big of a of a brewery is it uh it, did, did you go to the pop-up brewery or did you go to the the uh brick and mortar as the millennials call it so they have three they have the pop-up in downtown which I went to they have the original brewery on Congress Street, which I also went to, but you can't actually drink any beer there. You can only buy cans, apparel, and other merchandise. Okay. And then they have the Brew Pub, which is down in Canton, which is like 45 minutes south of Boston, and we didn't go down there. So I was at the huh. original brewery and the pop-up because I had to get my shirt, had to get my glass, had to buy a couple cans. Gotcha. gotcha. So I was at two, at two of the three. So you did buy beer. Well, I drank it all there. Oh. Okay. I didn't bring any back. Uh, we, we were checking bags and didn't have room in the suitcases. And it just, gotcha. Or, excuse me, we weren't checking bags. <laughs> and we didn't have room in the suitcases. But I gotcha. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a... a Trust me, if I uh, if I could, I would have. But uh, it's uh, it's quite amazing stuff they're doing up there. So, I don't know. That's my news. It's not, uh, not super exciting, I guess. But for me, it's something I haven't stopped thinking about for the last week and a half. <laughs> sounds like a summer fling. Well, you know, our... Yeah. our, uh, our Marrying laws are pretty progressive up there in Canada, so if you want to come up there and marry that br- Trillium Brewing, <laughs> if you love it so much. <laughs> but I'd have to bring the brewery up to Canada with me, right? It's a pop-up. Or could I bring Canada down to Boston? I don't think it works that no, way. No, I'm pretty sure you just bring a pop-up up there and, you know. Yeah, bring- no, I can just marry one can. Go to Barry. <laughs> if I'm going to marry one, there was another double IPA that I had that was also incredible called the Keytar Bear. That had a really cool, uh, it looked like a giant dude in a Teddy Rupskin, Teddy Rupskin, 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 Rupskin suit playing a keytar, which might have been one of the coolest cans I've ever seen. <laughs> we had Teddy Rupskin, but we called him Theodore Robitaille. Nah. <laughs> so what do you say? Uh, we get back to this beer, the Smash Bomb Atomic IPA by Flying Monkey. Uh, where are they out of Barrie? Out of Barrie, Canada. Barrie, Ontario. Yes. So what do you guys think? Well, I'll go first. I have to say, if my sample size is is relatively small here, but uh, these IPAs to the north, I'm not too big of a fan of. You know, with the East Coast IPAs, I get the citrusy and juicy and flavorful. On my West Coast IPAs, I get the very hoppy. These Northern ones, I'm getting a way, way too much malt. And, and look, the flavor on this beer is fine. It's it's good. I'm not knocking the beer too much. It's drinkable. I'm not even saying I'm not enjoying it that much, but for an IPA, this is not what I want for the style. I need to taste the hops more. I need something that has a little bit more flavor. This, to me, tastes like a hoppy amber instead of an IPA. Hmm. So that's all I'm going to say about that. That's fair. Doug, you're from the uh, the country of origin. Uh, so what were your thoughts on the uh, the Smash Bomb here? Uh, you know, I don't think it's too bad. I'm sorry, you know, it doesn't have like half a gallon of orange juice in there for you, Sam. But... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I think it's okay. I think it's he is right when he says it's a it's a bit malty. It doesn't. Uh, I don't think it has that sweet caramel flavor though of like a lager or anything. 
So yeah, uh, I think I think it kind of passes the test of an IPA, but yeah, I guess you know it's not the most bitter, <laughs> it's not the most piney. <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. I think I think this is pretty drinkable for anybody just kind of getting into the style. That's fair. That's yeah, that is fair. Yeah. I'll, fair I'll, I'll give you that one. Yeah. Uh, for me personally, uh, this was was kind of a jag off, and the reason I say that is. It, it kind of brought me in a little bit with that maltiness. Uh, if you are somebody that prefers malt over hop, you're kind of intrigued by this one. You're like, well, eh, maybe this one will be okay. It smells malty, so it brings you in. And on the first part of that sip, it tastes malty, and then it isn't. It's It, it basically runs a false flag operation, and I don't like it. It doesn't please the IPA drinkers. It doesn't please the non-IPA drinkers. So we'll see, uh, we'll see where this stacks up against the other ones. That uh, our gracious guest Doug has brought this evening. Uh, by judging by the time that we've wrapped it up and everything, uh, I think it's time we go to a break. Is that fair? Is that a fair assessment? That is, and, and I appreciate that you were here with previous podcasting skills. Uh, you kind of had that knack. Yeah. To know. Uh, on our show, we call this the end of period one. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, this is segment one down here in the states. All right. But uh, you know, potato, potato. So, uh, all right. Uh, yeah, let's take a break, and then uh, Doug will be back for segment two. Let's hit and, the lockers. You know, we're excited to see what he brought next. So, yeah, let's hit the lockers. Let's regroup, and then we'll be back for period two. Check this out. There's a Seattle company called Devor that enables discovery of new and exciting beers and breweries. Devor gets the best independent beer from literally around the world. Denmark, New Zealand, Belgium, and of course, everywhere in the U.S. The app is incredibly simple to use to get some ridiculously good beers delivered right to your door. And right now, anyone who signs up with the code HOPNATION can save $10 off their order of over $25. That's T-A-V-O-U-R dot com, Tavor. Hey, Hop Nation, we are back, back, back. And we tried to find Steve during the break because this Doug guy, we're, we're kind of on the fence about him, but unfortunately we couldn't find Steve. So Doug is back for period two. We tried to send him home. We tried to. <laughs> Y'all kind of get the American hospitality. You're trying to throw people out of the country. You know, you do it in the South, you do it in the North, I guess. Well, we're just trying to eject you from the podcast to keep with our hockey theme. This is a hockey theme? Well, seemed like it was moving towards a hockey theme because Doug's Canadian and now we're in period number two, which we've never been in period number two. Usually we're in segment two. And that's a very American word, segment. I mean, I was just invited down here to celebrate Canada Day and, uh, you know, I was, thought it was apropos being that it was episode 66, but you guys are being kind of rude and, you know. Well, you know what? You're right. You are absolutely right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to crack a beer. Okay. We're gonna share it together, and we're gonna recoalesce a little bit here. We're All gonna, right. We're gonna regain each other's friendship here, and we're gonna do that the American way and the Canadian way over a beer. What oh. do you guys think? Ah, uh, you know I'm open. Yeah, okay. I think that's a fantastic idea. Okay. Well, and maybe I'll try to be a little more respectful to Doug throughout the rest of the segment. So speaking of respectful, I grabbed one of the beers that uh, that Doug brought down for us. And uh, I, I, I told him between segments that I'd be willing to, to introduce this one. Uh, that way uh, some of our loyal listeners... Um, you know, they get that, that familiarity. And not only that, but uh, if and when some of Doug's loyal listeners uh, check in on this one to check out his podcast or, or from his podcast, uh, they'll see what we're all about as well. So I'm going to jump on this hype train. The beer that Doug brought with him today is uh, 
is the Glutenberg uh, India Pale Ale. This is also a very welcoming beer. It welcomes in almost all parties because this is a 100% gluten-free beer, which is nice. Well, we haven't had a gluten-free beer in probably about six episodes. Just about six episodes. Uh, for for Doug's listeners uh, that have not gone into the back catalog too much, uh, episode 60 was at one of our local breweries, Aurochs, uh, and they are a 100% gluten-free brewery, one of the few in the, uh, in the United States. I believe they are one of seven or eight in the country, uh, and we know there's at least one in Canada. Yeah. Seeing as I have one in my hand right now. <laughs> very few. Very few. Yes. Yes. So uh, a, a, a couple of the uh, the numbers that we uh, have to go through here. 6% ABV, 76 IBUs, and a new number that is relevant to segment one, uh, but a number that we have never seen here on any American beers, and that number is 235. And what that number represents is the number of calories in this beer. One can of this beer equals 235 calories, and that's kind of nice to have that on that can, so you can kind of regulate yourself a little bit. You kind of understand what you're putting in your fat American body. And again, uh, you know, calories, that's a metric number, so you don't have to worry too much about conversion there. That's right. That's right. We're okay on that one. Uh, so to, uh, to ensure that this beer was gluten-free, it is made with millet, buckwheat, corn, and black rice. Uh, those are those are your your malting grains instead of the, your classic wheat, which obviously anybody with celiac is uh, celiac. I apologize. Yeah, celiac disease. Yes, yes. Anybody that is afflicted with that beer is usually a poor choice. So, what do you say we uh, we rebuild some bridges, crack a beer, and try it out? All right, I'm open. I'm open I think to- that sounds like a fantastic idea. So, what's really interesting to me about this is be being in, being from America, being from Pittsburgh blue-collar town. A lot of the beers that we get from Canada are, well, Molson and Labatt. And I generally don't think of Canada as really having many IPAs, at least not ones that you can get here in this country. And here we are in the show, courtesy of our good friend Doug, brought down two of them. So far. So that's very exciting. Yes, yeah, so far. Who, know, who knows what the hell is next at this point? We might be going on an adventure. We might be getting a hat trick. Did I do that right? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty good. You got pretty close. Yes. <laughs> so I, I can tell you guys, uh, we don't uh, export too much of our craft down here in Canada. And uh, honestly, we don't bring too much of yours over the border. I assume you guys get a lot of the, the big, stupid macros. We are mostly macros. And uh, I think in this segment, you know, once we get past this beer here, you know, I have a bit of a you know Canadian beer history for you guys. Oh, okay. So, well, very nice. So we can get into that, and we can get into you know how our craft uh, you know kind of brewed up. Okay. All right. I, I feel good about that. Uh, but let's uh, let's get back to this Glutenberg IPA that's right in front of us right now. Let's uh, let's mend some fences here, guys. Right off the bat, looking at it, it's a real hazy beer. So hopefully this is up Sam's alley. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a lot lot lighter in color than that uh, Atomic Smash Bomb. Yes, it is. Uh, on the nose, it, it has a very unique smell to it. Yeah, it does. It smells, uh, for lack of a better term, kind of skunky. I. It, it's weird. I didn't I, want to say skunky, but it yo, it does smell a bit like <laughs> the moose's back end. A bit off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the south end of a northbound moose. Ah, that's a good one there. You like that? <laughs> and we are all familiar with the smell of moose's ass. I'll stuff. tell you what. I'll tell you what. I, I I'll, hopefully I'll do it little, doesn't taste like that. I'll do I'll do you a little horse trading here. Uh, you can take that one with you as long as I can take the one back uh, from segment one. Oh, squawking at the flock. Squawking at the flock. <laughs> I, I feel that this is a good trade. 
You don't know where that one or uh, the the origin of that one there. I don't. Uh, that's when you're out on the ice. You know, you're getting ready to dig in for your ice hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your ice hole. Yeah, you got to get your ice hole. Yeah, so you, how you can go get fishing. The fish. You get to fishing. You got to pull the fish out the ice hole. Yeah. But uh, sometimes some of the geese up there, they get a little rowdy and they start blocking off your spot. Ah. Uh, you know, you got to squawk at the flock. Just got to squawk at the flock. I got it now. Okay. Usually though, they just squawk back, so you got to start shooting them off with the broom. No, I get that. I get that. All right, let's get to this beer. So while you guys were squawking at the flock and talking about Moose's assholes, I uh, I went ahead and took a sip. Uh, Sam, it's it's ice holes. We're talking ice about holes. ice holes. The Moose doesn't own the ice hole. He owns an asshole. Yeah, but that's not what we're talking about. Technically, the we Moose... We were talking about the assholes earlier. Now we're talking about the ice holes. So ice holes, assholes, what's the difference? I mean, really, the Moose will own whatever it wants. That is true. Don't get in the way of the Moose. That That is a cardinal rule. Actually, it's a moose rule. Yeah. <laughs> and they can be ornery from time to time. Yeah. Especially uh, when they're drunk, so. Speaking of. They're not very ornery. They're more antlery. Ah. <laughs> is it okay? Hey, if I, anyhow. Is it okay if I call you a Canuck? Is that cool? Uh, no, that's a bit of a slur. I don't know. I don't know. I've heard it both <laughs> ways. I've heard it as a slur and heard it as not, so I figured I'd just rip the band on up. That's just one of those ass. words that we can say and not uh, you. Ah, okay. Yeah. It's okay if we say it. Okay, uh, that, that's enough uh, flapping the gums. Why don't yeah. we try this beer? Now, I took a sip, mm. and as an IPA lover, mm. these Canadian IPAs are turning me into an IPA hater. Hate now, me, I said me, that me. that last one was more like a multi-hoppy amber, right? Now this one here, I I can't even pinpoint the flavor. I'm getting a little bit of hops, not a lot of malt, but I'm getting this like strange soapy back end. My money is on the buckwheat. Because how many beers have you had that have had buckwheat in it? Exactly. You know, not too many. Not too many. And I I have a hunch that the buckwheat is what's going to do it. So Doug, (laughs) what do you think of this beer? Yeah, you know, I don't care much for it myself. I really don't either. <laughs> right? I it's really don't good. either. It's not great. It's, it, it, the only saving grace is there is a taste there that I can't figure out, and that's the only reason I keep drinking it, is trying to figure out what that taste is. So I think uh, maybe, uh, you know, we could move on, and I can give you guys a little bit of a history lesson instead. So what do you guys know about, uh, you know, Canadian beer history? Minimal. Well, Very we, minimal? Know, we know they're, they're famous for Molson. Okay. And Sleeman's. Okay. And Labatt's. And that's it. Nothing else. We don't know anything else about it. For sake of conversation. We can go all the way back. And we'll start back, you know, in uh, 1688. That's when our very first brewery opened. Okay. And Molson. A, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very polite no. Uh, no. <laughs> no, a very first brewery was opened by uh, Jean Talon. Uh, he was a representative of Louis the Fourteenth. Ah, okay. And this is back when Canada was New France. Ah, uh, yes. It was opened in Quebec City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the name of the brewery was La Brasseries du Roy. Which is English for... Wait, what's this one? The Brewery of the King. Ah, w- this is the Brewery of No Gluten. Yeah, that's the Brewery of No Gluten. <laughs> That's okay. very different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I recognize that word on the can, you see. So you said brasserie, and I said, yeah, hey, yeah, I remember that from this Glutenberg can. No, no, this is a very old brewery that was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have canning back then. Yeah, it was uh, opened up by the government of the time, <laughs> which is no longer the government of the time. I don't I don't know if you know Canada history very well, but... Uh, Apparently Fra- not. Fra- uh, France actually lost control of Canada. <laughs> 
Really? Yeah, we really? yeah we fell under the British crown. Yeah, it's actually why we celebrate Canada Day. Canada Day uh, is uh, when we united the three uh, colonies of Canada, uh, Nova Scotia, and uh, New Brunswick, and they were all reunited under the uh, British Empire in 1867. Okay. I did not know that. Yeah, it was originally called Dominion Day, but uh, we kind of changed that around. It sounded a little, you know, harsh. That's how we call it. You know, it's uh, like our birthday. I can dig it. Yeah, so that, that I mean, that's what we're celebrating on Sunday. So just out of curiosity, I, I obviously have never celebrated Canada Day before. Uh, but is there anything uh, unique or different that uh, Canadians do on Canada Day? Or is it just very similar to our 4th of July celebration here in America? Yeah, we no. light off fireworks and get drunk. You know, it's pretty similar to your 4th of July. Okay. You know, being that it's July 1st, I mean, that basically marks off three months before we can go ice fishing again. So. Ah, the countdown clock begins. Yeah, pretty much. I gotcha. <laughs> I gotcha. Uh, but going back to the brewery history, so you you mentioned uh, Labatt. Uh, that actually didn't come around until 1786. Mm. Uh, and that's when... Uh, or that's when John Molson actually he opened he opened uh, you know Molson as you know it in Montreal and that was in 1786 and Labatt didn't come around until 1817. A bit of a gap. Yeah, that's a bit of a gap. Uh, and they opened in uh, London, Ontario. Oh, okay. So it's pretty important to know that London, Ontario, Canada, not London, England. Ice London. Right. Just going from there, uh, it, it wasn't uh, prior to World War One. You know, we had uh, about 117 breweries. I did not know that. Yeah. And I, but it, around the, you know, 1900, that's when prohibition started coming into our country. A sad, dark time. Yeah. Shared by both Canadians and Americans. Yeah, I was going to say, we could relate to that. Yeah, so uh, we had our own temperance movement. Okay. And, you know, we started going, having dry provinces. They started voting prohibition on their own. Mm -hmm. And uh, this kind of went from 1900 to 1914. And huh. uh, yeah, by 1914, most of the provinces went dry. Mm -hmm. And then in 1918, uh, the federal government stepped in and they, you know, banned brewing of all, uh, you know, intoxicating liquids. Oh, that's a that's a dark day. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it was kind of hand in hand with the wartime measure yeah, of, right. uh, you know, World War One. Mm -hmm. So that lasted from 1918 to 1920. That was the federal government prohibition. Gotcha. But it wasn't until like 1925 that, you know, provinces started rolling back their own pro prohibition. Huh. Okay. So, yeah, it, it was very much, you know, province and territorial controlled. Mm -hmm. We have that here in America to a very, very smaller scale. Uh, I know there's a lot of counties and parishes here in America that are dry on their own. I mean, yeah, we still have our own dry counties. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, not too dissimilar. Yeah. But uh, as I mentioned, you know, we had 117 breweries leading up to World War One, And then after World War One, we only had 10. <laughs> <laughs> so is there any word of, of how the big breweries, your Molsons and your Labatt's, how they were able to survive through that prohibition time? I mean, they just still did it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like to hear. And since they're in Canada, all they probably got was a nice little slap on the wrist. And, yeah, you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, prohibition was uh, it wasn't as harsh down, you know, but it was just just as ineffective. Oh, you know, okay. the punishments wasn't as harsh. I mean, wineries were still open selling wine. Some people argue that Ontario never went under prohibition. Oh, yeah, it, the laws were you know the laws and the voting were in place and everything, but you know people still were brewing wine and uh, you know brewing. Uh, light beers of mm -hmm. you know low grade alcohol, but still you know right. There was this wasn't really enforced. Right, right. Kind of like a speed limit. Right, but you know it's still affected enough that it dropped our breweries down to you know only around ten, mm -hmm. and that was like coming into the 1980s. 
There were only 10. Wow. And, uh, you know, the three big ones were Molson, Labatt, and Carling O'Keefe. I've never heard of that one. Well, you probably shouldn't have. <laughs> okay, then. All right. <laughs> Carling O'Keefe actually merged with Molson in 1989, so. Ah, uh, yeah. okay. But those three, up to that point, they had uh, 96% control of the market share. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's huge. That's like your, that's like your uh, clear channel down here with the radio stations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's an incredibly applicable reference. <laughs> we we kind of took kind of took cues from you guys when it came to doing you know the prohibition movement, and uh, then we took cues from you guys again, admittedly, in that 1984. We that's when our uh, craft boom started. Oh, okay. That's when the we year started. I was born. Yeah. 1984. It's a great year. That's when our first micros started opening up in 1984. We continued to grow up till like the early 90s, mm-hmm. uh, but in the early 90s there was a little bit of a lull. Kind of, there was a bust period. Okay. But uh, it came back up, you know, ever since, you know, like the mid-90s. And it was growing all the way through the 2000s. So I can tell you from 1990 to 2017, we grew from 62 breweries all the way up to 750. Nice. Whoa. Yes. I would never have guessed there were 750 <laughs> breweries in the, in the great uh, country of Canada. And I just to put it in perspective for you guys, I mean, making it America centric, mm-hmm. as you know, and we appreciate that, as you tend to need. Yeah, you know, oh, we do. Oh, we <laughs> yes. need all the attention we can get. Uh, Canada, you know, our population is not not that big not, right. for as much uh, space as we do own and occupy. <laughs> uh, you know, there, we only have about a population of three, uh, 38 million. Mm-hmm. Not a lot, and that's actually you know uh, less than California. Mm-hmm. You know, but California, they only have 616 breweries, I believe. So in terms of per capita. Yeah, we're, we're doing better than California as far as breweries go. That's a pretty good way to go. Yeah. Well, pretty soon, all of California might not even be part of the United States anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember, I think it was 15, 20 years ago, Canada had a similar issue where uh, Quebec was voting to try to leave uh, Canada and become its own country. Uh, that just comes up every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> that's not... <laughs> yeah. That's just common. <laughs> <laughs> they just let every three or four fight. years, they want to get the hell out of here. Yeah. Where are they going to go? They're landlocked. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's mostly, you know, part of it goes into the fact that they're really into their Belgian styles. They still, you know, are upset about the French. They didn't want to be part of the British crown. You know, there's a whole bunch going into that. Yeah, all right. Uh, but, you know, I think they get over it. Right, right. So what else you got? So, uh, you know, today we have uh, we have a number of pretty popular breweries. Um, we have, uh, you know, breweries like Yukon and Fort Garry. Uh, another one we have is Steamworks, and it's a fully steam-powered brewery. Sam, you were talking about your Trillium, and I believe there's another one called Treehouse that's also in the, you know, in that New England area. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah. We, we, have, we have our own brewery. It's called Tree Brewing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what do they brew? Well, they uh, they brew a Mexican lager oh. called, called Amigo. <laughs> wow, I, I bet can that's real that. good. So just so you know, you know your your breweries aren't the only ones that uh, participate in culture appropriation. We do as well. We have. <laughs> wow, that's nice. Across the entire uh, state of Canada, <laughs> you brew one Mexican Province. lager. Province. No, no. Province, state, whatever, country. Co- country of Canada. It's all the same. You have 750 people out there. We'll call it everyone. We'll call it a wilderness. 
Dude, we just built these bridges we between... Call, it's don't, called don't the prairies. Don't be knocking them back down again. It's called the prairies, not the, not the wilderness. <laughs> well, you see, I'm not necessarily knocking them back down, but I've lit this spear on fire and I've turned it into um, a Molotov, Molotov cocktail. cocktail. And now I'm throwing it at the bridges and literally burning them down. Oh, no, man. Evil Twin is not a Canadian brewery. <laughs> You're just stating that for fact, just making sure. Well, no, they make one of those beers called a Molotov cocktail. Ah, yes, oh, they that's do. true. Yes, <laughs> yes, they oh, do. That's oh. all. In a Molotov light. Oh, wait, there's a Molotov light. Oh yes, there's a. It's <laughs> even worse than a Molotov cocktail. There's about four different versions of that Molotov, and I think we can all agree at this table that they is terrible. I have no intentions of drinking it anymore. Or as they say in Quebec, El Terrible. Hey. <laughs> El Terrible. No. <laughs> no, not at all. No? That's, no, that's, that's how they would say it in Mexico. Yeah, that, that's Spanish, Aries. <laughs> well, I'm sure our no North American brothers to the south could agree that, that uh, those Molotov beers are also terrible. Whatever, they like, they yeah, like I Corona I, down there. I think we can all, I'd take a Corona over that. I think we can all agree that beer is pretty much trash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Move on to something else, please, quick. So uh, we can move back to, uh, I guess we can move back to this Gutenberg. Do we have to? Uh, you know, I, I, if I understand the format of the show, you yes, know, you, you, you do. You have to, you have to bookend your segments or periods. Uh, I'll go first. I didn't like it. Sam, I, I, I hated it. I mean, when I think about an IPA, this is about as far from a true IPA as you can get. I mean. And, uh, and and look, we you know we did that episode with RX a few RX a few weeks ago, and and they brewed. We had what a session IPA, and mm -hmm. yeah, we had the session IPA on that show, and I mean that was that was hoppier. It was more flavorful. It was brewed with quinoa and millet, not necessarily buckwheat, but I mean that actually still tasted like beer. I don't know what the hell this tastes like. This is just a. Multi hoppy mushy mess, <laughs> and I don't like this. <laughs> so I think uh, again, this is a time when we're all agree and we can mend this fence. Uh, this is not a good beer. <laughs> no. no, it is not. I, th I think the big problem you guys are coming up against though is it's actually the corn. You think it's the corn? Yeah, the corn. This tastes is a this tastes a lot like a very bad whiskey. A very bad <laughs> corn whiskey is what huh. it is. And it doesn't have that hoppiness, and uh, yeah, that's what you're looking at here. It's it's that corn that's it's giving it a very off flavor. It's just uh, bad. maybe that's it, because damn, this this is not good. That's I like corn whiskey though. I mean, depending on you know the way you've had it, I've had some moonshines that are pretty terrible, when it, and they smell very bad. And they, they, this is reminding me of that. It's <laughs> just not good. This beer stinks. <laughs> it does not taste good. So what do you say we get away from this beer? Yes, I think let's so. Get the hell out of period too. I think it's been over for like five minutes. <laughs> go, go to our, uh, go to our intermission. Oh, come, okay, yeah. There you go. I'll come back for period three. Do you guys have a Zamboni sport sponsorship like we do? No, unfortunately, we don't. Okay, see, we thought that was pretty clever of us to name our segments periods, and then we have a Zamboni sponsorship commercial. That is pretty awesome. He's a, yeah, it's a crazy Fred. Oh, he has a Zamboni dealership. Huh. We will work on that before July 1st of 2019, and we will work on that. So maybe if you come back next year as a special guest, which, you know, we may or may not have you, but if you happen to, then maybe we'll have it by then. 
Maybe you can help us. Maybe you can help us get that Zamboni sponsorship. Hey, yeah, you know, I'll I'll see if he wants to get into international sales. I mean, he's just running out of a shed right now. But yeah, that's fine. Hey, you got to shoot for the stars. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And plus, you know, there's a lot of Canadians that come down here to play hockey. Oh, yeah, sure. They're one of our greatest exports. (laughs) Gotta, Gotta have somebody to clean off that ice. So, gentlemen, I say we take a break. And we come back for segment three. Skadoosh. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I am Famous Seamus, the host of the Tuesdays with Mary podcast. We are a 420-friendly podcast designed to eliminate the stigma that stoners are dumb. If you enjoy interesting subject matter discussed with a humorous intent, this show is for you. So come pack your bowls, roll your blunts and joints, and spark up with some Tuesdays with Mary for some higher learning. Find us wherever podcasts are available. Thanks for listening. Peace, love, and harmony. All right, so after the first two periods, we are back for period three. It feels like we've taken this entire podcast up to Canada, but in fact, we are still right here in Pittsburgh. I'm Sam, still with you. Adam's still with you. Steve, still gone, but we got our good buddy, Doug. (laughs) Doug Lewis from Winnipeg. How's it going? Maybe Alberta. Yeah, no, I'm from Winnipeg, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Still here with us for one more segment. And we thank him for that. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Hey, no problem. Now, we have one more beer here, and this is definitely our biggest beer of the evening. Literally our biggest beer. It is the size of a wine bottle here, coming in at 750 milliliters. And I don't want to steal your thunder here, Doug, but would you mind if I introduce this beer? Yeah, no, go ahead. Take a crack at it. You, you might have, have to help me with the pronunciation on this one, but, you know, I'm going to introduce it for, for all our loyal listeners out there. So we have a beer next from a, a Canadian brewery that, that distributes pretty regularly here in the States called Unibrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is called their, as many Yinzer Pittsburghers would say, they're terrible. But I have a feeling it's pronounced a little bit differently. Well, being that uh, Unibrow, they're located in Quebec, mm. so it would be the Terrible. The Terrible. Yes. Okay, but spelled terrible. <laughs> right. No, that's spelled right. <laughs> but, I, but I don't think it's going to be anything uh, you know, of that sort. So this is a 10.5% ABV beer, and the style is a Belgian quad. Much so, better than IPAs. Yes, much better. Well... Much better than the IPAs we've had on this show so far. I don't think it could we possibly hope. be worse than the we two hope. beers we've had earlier. But you'll like this, Adam. It has an IBU of only 15. I do like so that it's number. it's not going to be hoppy at all. That's a solid number. And just a little bit about this beer is this is actually the first dark ale that Unibrow has beer. Beard. Beard. <laughs> uh, so the Tarib um, was originally released in 2001, um, but it was very, very limited. But it had such a huge, overwhelming response uh, from craft beer drinkers that they decided to, um, you know, start brewing it year round as and distributing it not just across Canada but here to the United States as well. So, based on what this beer tells us here, it's uh, it's rich and complex with notes of fruits, spices, evolving in a pleasant Madeira wine flavors 
with a subtle roasted malt finish. So hmm. right it's on. going to be big. That's it's going to be Belgian-y. It has a cork in it, so I don't know. Have we? Is this our first beer with a cork in it on the show, or have we no. had one with a cork before? I believe we have had corked beers on here before. Okay. Maybe that was on one of the two episodes I haven't been on, so well, let's uncork this bad boy and start to enjoy. So okay. now these are poured. Uh, this is definitely the darkest of the three, but you would expect that, considering they said it was a dark ale. Oh, yes. This, this is much darker than either of the IPAs. This is... Not black, but it's kind of a dark brownish color with a little couple drops of rose in here is how I would describe it. Maybe like a a dark cacao, but not the 95%, maybe like the 63%. I think it looks a little bit like Prunjoy's Boys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Doesn't smell like it, though. Oh, no. The nose is really spicy. Oh, I really Very like spicy. The, I really like the smell of this one. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to beat around the bush anymore. I'm just going to drink this. It smells good. It's got a smell some cloves, maybe some uh, hints of banana in here. A lot of spices. Yeah, it definitely has kind of that traditional Belgian, uh, you know, funk nose. Funk nose, band name, called it. But uh, the, uh, you know, the funk nose outside gives way to, like you said, the, the spiciness of cloves, maybe. Oh, yeah. Hey, don't, don't make fun of him like that. That's his way. Oh, yeah. That's... The Kool-Aid man. <laughs> yeah, I don't come down here going, I'm an American. I eat cheeseburgers. Yeah, now, while you're in Pittsburgh, though, I could give you a couple good recommendations where I personally feel are the best burger joints in the city if you are looking for a good cheeseburger. Well, okay. I mean, I'll accept those. <laughs> <laughs> well, my all-time favorite is Wing Hearts with several different locations around the city, but I would recommend the original location in Market Square. Neat. Anyhow, let's I'll, get let's get back to the beer, shall we? I'll be sure to check that out. Maybe uh, I think it's really uh, good. I think right now, though, I'm pretty much digging on this beer. I have to agree with my northern friend here. Uh, this is a good beer. It's really good. It's got a ton of flavor. It's incredibly balanced. It's a little cold though, because we just pulled it out of the fridge. I think once this beer uh, continues to warm up, we're going to see even more flavors, and possibly mm -hmm. even some new flavors that, that start to peek out of this. You don't know. You just don't know. No, you don't. Fortunately, we have a whole friggin' wine bottle here yeah. of the beer, so we're, go we're going to find out here very, very quickly across this segment we what flavors we're going to get. So, what do you say we uh, play, a, play a little bit of a game here? Let this beer warm up. Okay. So, Doug, uh, we did a little talking uh, between between the uh, the periods uh, during intermission. So I also understand that you are a uh, a wrestling fan as well. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> you are. Yeah, <laughs> we talked about this, Sam. I know you're a wrestling fan, uh, and I'll tune in to Raw once again. Huge in a while. wrestling fan. He is a huge wrestling fan. So we are going to play a very very simple game uh, that will bridge between the uh, the Americans and the Canadians. Okay. Uh, we're gonna play a game called Spot the American. Oh, right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you three wrestlers. Yeah. Two of which are Canadian. Yeah, One okay. of which is American. Yeah, this is going to be pretty simple for me, I think. You say that. Uh, I'm going to be in trouble here. So this is a, a very simple game, very easy. What we're going to do is we're going to go back and forth. Doug, you go first. Sam, you go second, and then back and forth, back and forth. All so right. It's pretty self-explanatory. We'll give our guests the first crack at this little game here we're going to play. Yes. So, here's what we're going to do. Uh, I'll give you a sample round. Uh, the Hart Brothers and Hulk Hogan. Name the American. 
Yeah, no, that's pretty easy. That Terry Bollea, he's a bit of a troublemaker, isn't he? Uh, he is, uh, and he does have a couple of pythons, too. And a sex tape. Yeah, he's got yeah, that, too. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Just so, throwing it out there for those that may not know. So I'll, I'll, give, you a, I'll, I'll give you guys an easy one. Uh, Doug, I'll start with you. Uh, your three participants for this question are Trish Stratus, Dolph Ziggler, or Tyson Kidd. Name the American. That'd be Dolph Ziggler. No. Yes. Ah, crap. <laughs> Dolph I thought Ziggler. Trish Stratus was Canadian. No, she's from Toronto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we're yeah. trying to spot the American. Oh, we're spotting the American. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, good. Trish Stratus, you gotta... she's from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Yeah. And uh, Tyson Kidd, he would be married to the Natalia Hart there. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and uh, Dolph Ziggler's from Cleveland. So there you go. Just Cleveland. That's a pretty big no, city. No, no, that makes sense. I was just thinking Trish Stratus is from Canada, and I thought you were wrong. I don't know. Maybe I should have been listening when you explained the rules of this game. That probably and would not help, thinking yeah. about Hulk Hogan's lawsuit with Gawker. Oh, is that what you were thinking about? Not uh, the sex tape. <laughs> I never saw that freaking thing. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, Sam, I'll easy into this one as well. Okay, so I'm picking the American. You are you are going for the stars and stripes. Yes. So Adam, Sam, and Doug. Who is the American? No, we're not. Sam. (laughs) What the shit, man? Okay. You're Russian. Sangria. Now. (laughs) Okay, so here are your three options. All right. You have Fandango, Brett the Hitman Hart, or Edge. Name the American. I'm going to go with Fandango. You are correct. Is that right? Yes. Oh, right. Yes, you were. Wow. Well, that's because I'm such a big wrestling fan that I, I do know all of this. Well, it kind of, it was a 50-50, <laughs> let's be honest here, because Brett the Hitman Hart was part of the example. I mean, also... Oh, uh, I guess it was, yeah. <laughs> well, I, mean, I knew he was Canadian. I mean, pretty much everybody knows he's Canadian, but did you guys know that there is a uh, there is a hockey team named the Calgary Hitmen? I did know that. No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. NHL? No, 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 no. I no, think no. The, the Western Hockey League. Uh, okay. I believe. But yeah, it's a thing. All right. Yeah, it's that's a thing. fair. So, okay, moving on to the next one. We will go back to the one they call Doug. Doug, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Okay. Your three are the Juggernaut, Jinder Mahal, or Sasha Banks. Name the American. So I'm going to go with Sasha Banks on this one here. She's from Boston, Massachusetts, ain't she? Very nice. Well done. You do know your stuff. I had no idea that Jinder Mahal was actually Canadian. Yeah, that's a bit of a rug pull on the uh, part of the WWE there, trying to pass him off as Indian. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's they got me. Yeah, they got you pretty good. But no, he's a good old Canadian boy. He is a good old Canadian boy. Sam, are you ready? Sure. That's what let's, I like uh, to hear. Let's, let's give Sam his question number two here and okay. see what the results will be. Okay. Here are your three. All right. You have Bray Wyatt, Davey Boy Smith, Lanny Poffo. Oh, God. Which one is the American? I will say it again. Bray Wyatt, Davey Boy Smith, Lanny Poffo. Uh, Wyatt. Are you sure? Yeah. I don't know. He look like a, he looks like a backwoods hillbilly from West Virginia. You've met people from Ontario, right? <laughs> uh, yes. I mean, I think you're looking more for people from, uh, you know, Newfoundland there. Well, that's a whole other breed. <laughs> that's a 
But Sam, you actually are correct. Oh, really? You are correct. Wow. That was a a good guess by me, I guess. Well done. Well executed. Man, I'm good at this game. (laughs) I'm tying the the actual Canadian here, (laughs) (laughs) 2-2. 2-2. That's a thing. Okay, question number five. Yeah, I'm ready to go. You have three options. Two Canadian, one American. Mm -hmm. Your options are Farmer Brooks, Santino Morella, or Mike Canellis. So I know that Santino Morella, you know, I know about him. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with, uh, on this one, I'm going to go with Mike Canellis. I know that Santino Morella, they uh, portrayed him as an Italian fella, but that's not the way it was. He's a Canadian fella. Yep. Just the same way they did Jinder Mahal. But no, uh, I'm going to go with Mike Canellis on this one. You are absolutely correct. And with that, our guest has won three to two. Yeah, good to go. That's bullshit, though. I only got two questions, Adam. Yeah, but he's the guest, so he gets the unfair advantage. <laughs> well, I'm not chugging a hurricane, that's for I sure. I never said you had to. Huh? I never no, said I'm you just, had to. I'm just putting it out there. I am not chugging one. No, I get that. I mean, hey, you did your best. You got your tool right, so, you know. Enjoy your silver medal, like in 2010. Whatever, our guest is an ice hole. He's never going to be on this show again. So All right. So what are you doing next week? That sounds like a bunch of moose poop. <laughs> ah. <laughs> the guest might be on the show before me. So yeah, I thought that was a pretty fun game. You know, I know my wrestling pretty much. You do? I, there's, not, there's not too much up there aside from wrestling and hockey, so yeah. They're both yeah. indoors, which you kind of need nine months exactly. out of Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good indoors sports. And uh, now, Hold on a second now. What? There's outdoor hockey in Canada. Yeah, no, in the wintertime. But yeah. I'm just saying they're also good indoor sports. Right. Yeah. It's good. I mean, we have hockey all the time. But I know. Year-round. <laughs> yeah, we have year-round hockey. It's just, you know, <laughs> they're both good indoor sports on top of being outdoor sports sometimes. Right. But what do you think about this uh, Tarib? I mean, Quebec is actually kind of known for its uh, Belgian-style ales. Not, you know how, like, your West Coast is pretty known for its IPAs? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Quebec is actually known for its, you know, uh, Belgian styles. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah. I'm telling you what, uh, this is a hell of a lot better than the first two beers we had. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was losing faith in Canadian beer until we had this one. Those, those first two I wasn't uh, too thrilled about, but this one is great. has a lot of flavor. It's balanced. It's just, oh, it's spices. Every, I feel like every sip, not that the taste is necessarily different, but there's more and more flavors that maybe you didn't pick up on the first time or the second time or the third time. It's great. You got to ride that temperature wave. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good way to go about it, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like the fact that, you know, it's 10.5% on the ABV scale, but, you know, I don't taste any bit of that. No, it's not boozy nope. at all. It is, uh, it is a really good beer, and it's, it's borderline dangerous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to be careful taking this one around the ice hole. You'll wind up falling in. In the ice <laughs> hole, yeah. Slip on some moose poop. Again, with the insults. <laughs> No, no. I, no, I think that's a legitimate concern. <laughs> I was going to say, I wasn't really saying that to be obnoxious or insulting. I was just saying that as, you know, a warning to our friendly neighbors to the north. I mean, you know, I've, I've never gone ice fishing, but if I did, I'd look out for moose poop on the ice because I don't I don't want to slip on that and fall in an ice hole. <laughs> I think, you know, that's just kind of a good general safety tip, you know, when dealing with this beer. You want to watch out for any kind of moose poop, goose poop. <laughs> You know, loose poop. Hey, yeah, any kind of loose poop. I don't know if this is going to cause loose poop, though. It so. might. You know what? You just got to be prepared for that. That might be what's to read about it. Ah, <laughs> this guy's all right. I don't know where we got him, but he's all right. 
<laughs> it'll definitely be a loose poop when you get your Timmy O's in the morning. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, coffee dump. Yeah, everybody deals. Oh, <laughs> well, look, I mean, we we do that in America here. We just do right. it with Dunkin' Donuts and not Tim Hortons. <laughs> I mean, you guys have some Tim Hortons down yeah, here. Yeah, we got but... some Timmys down <laughs> here. Yeah, and you guys got some Dunkin' up there too. Yeah, yeah. fair trade, fair trade, fair trade. It is. I mean, although I'm pretty sure both our... great coffee companies. I'm pretty sure Timmy Ho's got taken over by uh, you know that uh, Burger King. They did. Yeah, they. <laughs> Did. Oh really? Oh, you didn't know that? No, yeah. I didn't. What was Timmy it? Four or five years ago? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's uh, unfortunate for Timmy Ho's. Very fortunate for Burger King. That's a huge <laughs> win for them. Now yes, they actually is. have something that's good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like the coffee quite ain't the same. I mean, the donuts are still good, but it's not the same. I still enjoy the holes. <laughs> Burger King. If you, I mean, if you, has anybody ever gotten a cup of coffee from Burger King and enjoyed it? I don't think so, no, and no. we don't enjoy it from Timmy Ho's anymore either. <laughs> oh, man, that's uh, incredibly depressing. Yeah. I can tell you one thing, though. I mean, if we're speaking about buyouts for a bit, you know, this year, Unibrow, they were actually bought out by Sleeman's, as you were mentioning before in the show. But then did you know that uh, Sleeman's was actually bought out by Sapporo? I did not the know The Japanese beer? Yeah, the Japanese brewery. So now Unibrow is brewed by a Japanese brewery. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you know, when's this going to come full circle? <laughs> Who bought Sapporo? I, you know, I think Sapporo has some investors from America. I believe that. So, <laughs> so this is an American beer. I know. It's, it's not. No, it's, it's, it's still Japanese. Very, it's still, no, it's still very much a Canadian beer. It's just, you know, it, it has the bosses upon bosses. So I do enjoy the, the international market of a Canadian brewery making a Belgian beer that is owned by a Japanese company. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of steps and, you know, layers to that right. one, but... And being drank by a bunch of American idiots right now. Hey, you know, it's kind of like a good collaboration. <laughs> we got them all. Yeah, you got it all. You hit all the important countries, I think, you know, as you Americans would allude to. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Liechtenstein. You didn't make the cut this time. You are the Rhode Island of Europe. And that's saying a lot, because Europe ain't too big to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, that was a good uh, good history lesson, but uh, shall we uh, mosey on over to the podium? I think so. So with that, I, I believe it is only fair for our guest to go first if he so chooses. Yeah, no, I'm totally fine with going first on this one. I, so it, it, I know you're, you're you, you know what, screw this. Never mind. You know the show. All right. So I'm just going to jump right on top of this here, bud. Uh, that first, that uh, I understand the show, so I know the bronze, you know, that's not for the favorite one. And that's going to go for the uh, the Glutenberg. That beer was pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, terrible, not terrible. No, it's not terrible. That, that beer is just terrible. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I'm going to just say it right now. I don't think those uh, new laws that we're going to be in enacting that... Uh, you know, widen the scope of what beer is is actually good for this. <laughs> because I think that's going to get included within what is beer. <laughs> and I don't think it should be. <laughs> Tasted like corn rubbed on a foot and it was... <laughs> that was just shitty. <laughs> I, I would just drop that down the ice hole and forget about it. <laughs> Scare all the fish away. Go yeah. home. <laughs> Uh, Need to do a moose. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you. What else you do with it? I mean, put it in the compost. Uh, something. <laughs> Just not good. Yeah, take it down to the. Don't put it in you. <laughs> yeah, don't put it in you. Take it down to the VFW. Give it to somebody else. But I don't know what to. For the silver, I'm gonna give to the uh, Flying Monkey Smash Bomb Atomic IPA. 
Ah, you know, it's okay. You know, I, I, I said earlier that uh, I'm pretty sure that beer is for, uh, you know, beginners. I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's really, you know, anything to write home about, one way or the other. Uh, the gold, though, the, it goes, definitely goes to this unibrow, uh, Tarib. This is a good beer. I like it. It's full of, you know, seems like it's full of nutrients. <laughs> <laughs> High praise. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's it's got that heavy alcohol, it's got the, you know, that good Belgian flavor. I don't think Canada, <laughs> Canada was ever uh, owned by Belgium, but... <laughs> but they know how to make the beer. You know, the French were a part of that, so... <laughs> Yeah, oh, they, right on. They know how to make a good beer, and I liked it. Right on. Sam, what were your thoughts on this evening's attire? Alrighty. We are going to keep this very short and sweet. Um, I... Alright, guys. We're going to keep this one real short and sweet here. My rankings are going to be exactly the same as our good buddy Doug here. Um, yeah, the Glutenberg's got to go in the bronze. There was an option to get it off the podium. Uh, it wouldn't even be on the podium. That was probably one of the worst IPAs I've ever had in my life. Um, not good. Very corny. <laughs> kind of like our jokes on this show. <laughs> but at least our jokes are gold medal jokes. It was corny and brown like a moose's ice hole. <laughs> <laughs> Got the feel. And we're done. That's, that's the best way to end this show. No. <laughs> All right. So that was terrible. Then the Atomic Smash Bomb was not much better. Um... Yeah, it's just for an IPA, it's way, way too malty for me. So we'll put that in the silver position because at least that one was drinkable. Um, I mean, far, 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 far and away uh, is that Tarib from Unibrow in the gold position. That is just, that actually is an enjoyable beer. I would love to drink this beer again someday. Uh, it's it's flavorful, it's dark, it's Belgian-y, it's got a ton of spice. Um, it's, it's balanced, it's not boozy, but 10.5%, it's dangerous, yes, but at the same time, I mean, it's a, it's a very solid beer. What's interesting to me about the Tarib, though, and I've mentioned it a couple times, it's 750 milliliters, same, uh, same size as a wine bottle, um, and, you know, you think about it, you know, when, when you sit down for a meal or, you know, just for an evening out, you generally don't think about drinking an entire bottle of wine. But wines are generally between, what, 11.5 and 13.5%. Yeah, you're bound there. So you, lo you look at somebody that downs a whole bottle of wine, and you're like, wow, I'm a little bit of an alcoholic, maybe they got a drinking problem. <laughs> but if somebody drank this whole bottle of Tarif, it'd be like, all right, well, I just drank it because it's really good, and I'm right. probably going to start drinking, you know, a couple more bottles after this. Not of the tree, but maybe of some other beers that you have in your fridge. This is interesting. I feel like there'd be a little bit of a disparity there in terms of judgment <laughs> if you drank this versus wine. That being said, after that rambling, uh, this is far and away the gold. Great beer. Love it. Everybody should try it. Belgian quads are amazing, and this one does not disappoint. Right on. So for, for me, uh, it's exactly the same. Uh, that Glutenberg, awful. Flying Monkey, tolerable. Unibrow, really good. That's it. I, 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 you guys have already gone into all the details and all the dirty work, so there's no sense in me reinventing the wheel on this one. I completely agree with both of you guys. Uh, so there you go. That's our rankings. Far and away, uh, it was an easy win for Unibrow. And Unibrow is a great brewery, too. I mean, there's you, you don't see a ton of breweries coming migrating down here from Canada with the friggin' geese, but, you know, at the same time, when they do come down, 
a lot of them aren't great, but this one is awesome. They this have more good. beers out there. They're really good. I've had some of them, and uh, I think this is one that I would always say yes to. Agreed. All right. Well, I hope you guys had a good time on the show. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry I brought like that Gutenberg. That was <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, I'll try to do better next time if I come back. But you know. if there's a next time, we'll remember that Gutenberg. Big if, mm. big if here, Douglas. <laughs> big if. All right. Well, you know, I I don't know what to say about that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what we're gonna do. Uh, so normally what we would do at this point in the show is we would kick it over to Steve and he would be able to give us our social media plugs. Uh, however, uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to go to a recording of Steve uh, to give us all of our social media plugs. Uh, so here's Steve. All right. If you're listening to me right now, then you just heard an episode of the Hop Nation USA podcast. And if you want to find us on social media, all you have to do is search Hop Nation USA, and that'll get you Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you want to listen to brand new episodes of the Hop Nation USA podcast every Friday, all you have to do is search Hop Nation USA on Stitcher, Podbean, iTunes, and Google Music Play. And if you're on iTunes, leave us a five-star review because... And pause for Adam's joke... We are a six-star show, but they only let us use five. And that's how we grow the show, through reviews, and as well as you telling your friends. And if you're looking for reviews and features you can't find anywhere else, just go to hopnationusa.com. And if you want to email us, all you have to do is hit us up at hopnationusa at gmail.com. Back to the guys in the studio. Thank you for that fantastic reading, Steve. So with that, uh, I've got Sam, I've got Doug, I'm Adam. Uh, do you guys have any parting thoughts for this episode? Yeah, you know, I think you guys are actually a bunch of hosers, and I kind of want to just go home now. Do you just want to take off? Yeah, I'm going to take off. Okay. Well, get out of here, you friggin' ice hole. You're the ice hole. <laughs> no, you're the ice hole. No, you're the ice hole. You're the ice hole.